Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Time now for the Yahoo Sports College Podcast with Dan Wetzel. Do you guys pay attention to the sport at all? It's rigged. It's rigged. I'm letting you know. The phone call is coming from within the house. <laughs> Pete Thamel. Quite frankly, is there any better taunt after beating a rival than going to the stadium yeah. than saying, we're going we're gonna, to like pick up your co-eds? <laughs> and SI's Pat Forty. Do you want to talk about the fix being in? The fix is in with the playoff. No team from outside the Power Five ever is getting in. Here's Pat, Pete, and Dan. All right, welcome to the pod. First time since 1917. Michigan and Ohio State are not going to play. Even though this is a completely lopsided rivalry of late, not good. One of the bigger games of the college football season. Uh, Michigan has uh, something like 40 guys with COVID, including a whole mess of starters. Just was no way they were going to be able to play. Springing all sorts of conspiracy theories. Accusations, apologies, revotes, political positioning. This is way more exciting than the Michigan Ohio State game usually is. <laughs> <laughs> what I really want to know is what will the dead Schembecklers come up with off of this game? Mm. Here they are. The Big Tans, Big Loser. Nobody that he can beat. Khaki pleats, no shirt on. College game day retweets his man teats. The big house, portal gate. To an eternal pit of flame. That's where he's going. We'll track him down after the game. Not bad. Not bad. Right. Harbaugh to hell. <laughs> Courtesy of the great dead Schembecklers, the uh, four men who dress up like Woody Hayes and have a band called the Dead Schembecklers. That, as in a previous episode of this, this summer, I think, we found yes. my old story on them, and it turned out I interviewed, perhaps even one on one, I cannot recall, Bo Schembeckler himself about the dead Schembeckers like two days before Bo Schembeckler dies. One of Ben Bo Schembeckler's last interviews. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure the, the Schembeckler family is really proud, Dan, that, that the last interview was uh, was, was your, your searing analysis of uh, Bo Schembeckler's thoughts on the dead Schembecklers. Really was a highlight of my journalism career. Yes. I get one of the last shots to ask Bo Schembechler, legend of football, a question, and I ask him about the dead Schembecklers. <laughs> he said really, he did not. He uh, and, and and positively eerie then that you know. I mean, he became a dead Schembechler uh, yeah. shortly thereafter. <laughs> it mean, may have been at a press conference. I don't. I just really don't recall. It may have been, yeah. a, a, but either way, it was a bunch of us asking about this stupid. Uh, band, but anyway, dead oh, Schembecklers. Yeah. Pat's a groupie. You don't have to convince Pat. He's oh, actually yeah. followed no. them on the road. Yeah, he's got the t-shirt. <laughs> that, they were. Like, yeah. I do have a t-shirt. I actually do have a t-shirt. <laughs> they sent it to me. I, <laughs> I, I, I went big with the dead Schembecklers when I was first starting to write the forty-yard dash uh, when I was yeah. at ESPN, like fifteen years ago. And I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> someday, 
you know, yeah. Like when, when people are trying to understand college football 150 years from now, what, what this was all about, that somebody needs to just show them dead, the dead Shem Beckler and say, this is what it was about. You see that? Remember ESPN did the, all the, um, the 150 year celebration, all the like documentaries they did on that. And they sure. were really good. They really were. But I, I could do one where they completely, I could do 10 and not have one topic overlap. <laughs> Which, the dead Schembeckers, I don't believe are in there. No, they, uh, they are great. Um, they only play once a year in Columbus. They refuse to leave because they say they'll be assassinated by the uh, Wolverine <laughs> global conspiracy or something like that. They, yeah. they do not leave the friendly confines of the city of Columbus. Uh, understandable under safety first, safety first. Um, anyway, no game this year. And, uh, Hey, surprise, surprise. The big 10 rewrote its rule book to help Ohio state. What do you know? <laughs> Did the big 10 change its mind? <laughs> really? <laughs> Nebraska oh. sitting there going, what, what the hell, man? Like what? Ah, lesson learned corn Huskers lesson <laughs> learned. Look, I don't even, I don't even mind. They did it, but like this whole bit, will they do it? Of course they were going to yes. do it. <laughs> do you guys pay attention to the sport at all? It's rigged. It's rigged. I'm letting you know the phone call is coming from within the house. <laughs> <laughs> this was the, the least surprising thing ever to happen. Like I was talking to people at Ohio state this week. They're like, what do you think? And I'm like, what do you think? <laughs> Come on. Like, <laughs> I, I wrote this in my column on Yahoo yesterday. Like the Big Ten hasn't been around since 1896 because they made decisions to benefit Indiana. OK. And, and I do think there's a perfectly plausible argument for Ohio State. They won the head to head. They If they lost to Michigan, which probably wouldn't have happened. But if they did, they still would have gone. So. There, I, I get they made the rule. It makes sense to rewrite it. Their huge mistake was just not anticipating this and dropping the rule on a Friday two weeks ago when nobody would have noticed or thought about it. And then it just would have been gone. But instead, it's just like self-manufactured drama, lack of anticipation, you know, just kind of things we've come to expect from the Big Ten during these COVID times. Yeah, I mean, the, the facts of the matter that are obviously compelling in Ohio State's favor. As you mentioned, they could have lost and still been the Big Ten East champions. So from that standpoint, sure. And secondly, have they been the best team on the field? Yeah, so far. And they beat, you know, Indiana, which would be the other team that anybody would bother to want to see in that title game. So, you know, them being in there is fine. But yes, this is what it is, is again, the Big Ten setting up a system that is rife with problems and not anticipating the problems that would come from it. You know, going back to when they announced the schedule, then stopped the season, then endured five weeks of absolute hell, uh, and then restarted the season under a very faulty framework of we're going to play eight week, eight games in eight weeks with no safety net, and we're going to have really pretty strict protocols on this. And then, okay. The protocols came into play and probably should have. I mean, I'm not saying they were irresponsibly strict protocols, but they bite the league in the butt. And then, oh, well, we got to make a decision to try to get our team in the playoffs. So it just it's a very bad look. It's very clumsy. Uh, it is absolutely doing a favor to the best team, the loudest team, the angriest team and the biggest fan base. Uh, and that's where we are. Yeah, it's 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 really like the Big Ten loves rules. They love meetings. They love <laughs> rules. They're like the middle management of, of college football. They just let's like, what's what thing you learn in life is don't waste time on hypotheticals, right? Like, you know, well, what if this happens? Like, don't set a rules. I will deal with that if, it, if the time comes. The one thing this committee, the playoff committee does, they have no rules. They really don't. They pretend they have all these rules, but they really don't. They can come no. up with anything they want. They basically reverse engineer the logic. They say, these are the four teams we want. And if it works out this time, we'll say it's strength of schedule. If it's, it's the eye test, if it's, it's uh, their record on Tuesday nights, it, whatever they come up with, they come up with. And then there's your team. And, and so every week they trot out whoever the, the committee chair is. And people ask, two weeks ago, you said this. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, well, we, you know, we look at all factors. We like, they're genius at just never getting bogged down the big ten, big 10 got bogged down in this and they should have never had this rule and they said oh well you know so i think they did the right thing i just find it comical that we had to even pretend that they weren't going to do 
do this. I, I don't really, Indiana's claim on this is, is pretty weak other than, you know, they had more games, but they lost to Indiana and all their wins are against two win teams. It's like this Indiana. I mean, God bless the Indiana season, right? We, it's one of the best things in college football. Love it. But, you know, this is not like the 93 Florida, Sem, Florida State Seminoles or something like that. I mean, uh, you know, what What are we talking about? Uh, well, we beat Rutgers. We beat uh, Michigan sucks. Uh, Penn State sucks. You know, all right. Good job. Good job. But let's not get carried away with, like, we're getting screwed here. Uh, Ohio State's the best team. Uh, they're the best team, and they're they're going to get in. And now, of course, uh, this what this does also, though. This, this is one more escalation of... Basically, the imperative for Ohio State to win the whole thing. I mean, not the Big Ten whole thing, the whole thing, the whole thing. Because if they don't, then everybody's going to say, ha, ha, ha. You guys did everything in your power to bully, finagle, weasel, manipulate your way into the playoff. You better win it. And if you don't, everyone's going to laugh at you. You really think they could beat Alabama? Uh, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. That's that one four game sitting there. Oh, you never know. Yeah. Like it could be well, a three. Like I just, I don't, they're good, but like they're yeah. talented, but have they really shown like, again, they've played one difficult game. So it's such right. a hard way to get a read. I just think if they play Alabama, it's a mismatch right now. It could be, but Pete, don't you think they won't play Alabama? Cause they will. If Clemson beats Notre Dame, they don't want a third Notre Dame-Clemson game, do yeah, they? Yeah, So sure, they move one of sure. them to four and move Ohio well, State yeah. to three. Well, Ohio State will play Notre dame Clem. They could play them, though. I mean, they got a same shot. I mean, shot. they could. They could. Um, yeah. But, all right, this, we'll get to that. But this, yeah. this, this whole yeah. process, look, at, let me just say this. Where we were at the start of the year where we didn't know there'd be a season, if we end up on January 1st with – Ohio State playing Notre Dame and Clemson playing Alabama or whatever you want to set it up. I mean, praise the heavens. Like, <laughs> yeah. Who's complaining, right? Like, these are probably the four best teams. But what this year, as much as any other has done, is that whatever process this whole, this they should have expanded the playoff. They aren't. We will get to the ridiculousness of the Pac-12 race. The Big Ten's getting rigged. The ACC's rigging their system. The SEC may or may not have rigged the scheduling. It's a lesser charge. The Sun Belt's <laughs> getting screwed. All, there is no logic to this. This thing is the biggest joke. You have Gary Barta, the Iowa AD, as both the committee chair and the guy on the vote. Like, do you think anyone said, hey, Gary, uh, during the committee meetings, what did they say? If Ohio State gets the 6-0, and uh, does it matter or do we need to win the, the Big Ten championship? He probably said, well, it sure would help to win the Big Ten. All right, let's change the vote. If he said, yeah. I don't think you got to play again. Guess what? They ain't playing again. Like, this thing is, and, and he's on TV, and I don't blame Gary Barta. This is the job he's got, right? This is how they set up the system. It's nothing personal against him, but it's like, well, I can't speak to that. I'm, I'm, I'm doing this job. Well, you know, can you talk to the AD at Iowa while you're at it? Because maybe I'd like to know his opinion. You're him. Like, it should, yeah. <laughs> just yeah. do this. So it's just a total, like, if, if you watch it, it's just a funhouse mirror. You're like, <laughs> what, what is this nonsense sport? There's no one in charge. There are no rules. They just come up with crap off the top of their head, and they jazz it all up on ESPN, thanks to ESPN, to make it look like this is an actual official thing. <laughs> it is not <laughs> back at the Gaylord up, uh, uh, whatever it is, uh, Hilton, no, the Gaylord Marriott in uh, grapevine, whatever goes on behind the closed doors is nowhere near as rigid as we, again, it's over the jalapeno cream corn and the steaks where the <laughs> stuff gets done, where all of a sudden Gary, Bar Gary oh. Bartas takes off his impartiality hat. And he's the guy from the big 10. Who's also the IOA. He was also the committee chair and Joe Castiglione's in there battling for the big 12 to be overinflated again. And so on and so forth. And I mean, you know, these guys, I, I, you cannot tell me that in the hours they are down there, but not in the committee room, that there isn't discussion that about who can advocate for their league or their school. I just love that jalapeno cream corn gets brought up on every podcast. <laughs> I, I got to have that, man. I, went there. I wonder if, if in the city of Ames, they grow the corn for the jalapeno <laughs> cream corn. That would really be like the connection to our podcast world. Hooray. You can tell when you eat the corn that it really has that good Ames water, 
right? Like me, they watered me, with that good Ames water. I can answer this definitively. They do not, because if they did, it would make the song. It would have made. I mean, they, they brag about their water. The fact they have thirty six parks. Like, and you remember in the video, they just show like a jungle gym. Like, great. Oh, Ames has a jungle gym for the kids. Who knew? Like, bike, there's a place to ride your bike. Like, where hey. can you not ride a bike? Like, they brag about everything in Ames. They would definitely be like, we supply the corn for the Gaylord Hotel. <laughs> Should we bring up the, the, the disturbing tweet that arose uh, now that we're talking oh. about the, uh, the, the city of Ames? Yes. Yeah, this yes, is, this is odd. I have it up in front of me here. Uh, you, you handle this, and then we'll All get right. back to this player very uh, quickly. Yeah, very quickly. So a uh, Twitter follower named Robert Kelly, uh, Philly Sports, Bill Walton, Go Duke, tweets out to the three of us uh, yesterday, I believe. So we're taping now on Wednesday. So this is Tuesday. And it's a text from his wife. Random dream I had. I quit my job to join Path 40 in a cross-country <laughs> tour of the city of Ames. Hooray! <laughs> Every time we say the word hooray, Pat and I have unlimited confetti guns at our disposal. It's a confetti snow globe and effing awesomeness. <laughs> Thought you'd enjoy that. And the husband texts back, L-M-A-O. And she said, I thought you'd find that pretty funny. Pat, do you find that funny or a little scary? No, I find that clear. First of all, like, who are the who are our listeners dreaming about? They're dreaming about me. They're not dreaming about Dan Wetzel. They're not dreaming about Pete Thamel. They're not dreaming about Sully. Okay. Pete, you can win race for the case. Dan, you can be the host of the show. They're dreaming about me. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you, Robert Kelly. Thank you, Mrs. Kelly. Hooray. Shoot your cannon. That is the worst fanfic I have ever heard of in my life. <laughs> Absolutely horrified by that tweet. That person should be on a watch list. <laughs> All right. So this committee, um, it, it, like I said, they they are hell bent on getting their four teams, and and if they have to, they'll let Texas A and M in or something like that. Ohio State is not in the clear. I still believe if Florida and Clemson win close games in their respective title games, everyone wins out. It'll be two ACC, two, two SEC teams, but Ohio State's got the inside track. And then I think you got Texas A&M sitting there. Uh, people wanted Ohio State and Texas A&M to play. That, that obviously wasn't going to happen. That was just kind of fun. Now, Ohio State, Ohio State's going to have a huge advantage in this playoff, too. They're going to they're gonna go into the playoff like as healthy as you could ever be. They play <laughs> six games. Alabama and Notre Dame play, you know, and these guys played 11. There's a huge advantage. And this isn't like the normal year where you have three weeks between the games. You're going to have 10 days. Right. Right. You know, I mean, it's a huge advantage to have that law, that, that few games played, that little wear and tear, that whole bit. So Buckeyes are in pretty good shape. But some of the bit on this committee, Pat, I'll let you start with the Sun Belt because I know you have some feelings on this Sun Belt situation. Uh, yes, yes. I, I spewed molten lava in a column on this uh, Wednesday uh, that – and yet, this is my own fault for being naive enough and stupid enough to think that this was the year somebody from outside the Power Five had a legitimate chance to make the playoff. And they they terminated that with, with extreme prejudice on uh, Tuesday night when they moved Iowa State with two losses to seven, dropped Cincinnati to eight, kept Coastal Carolina outside of the mainstream at 13, have B drop BYU five spots for coming up a yard short in a game they took on two days beforehand against an undefeated team and left Louisiana Lafayette at 19. What this does, it says, look, the Big 12, and we discussed this early on this season in the pod, uh, the Big 12 stunk. The Big 12 flopped. The Big 12 blew its season. In September and early October, by losing the only non-conference games that mattered in the whole nation, the whole nation, nobody played any games really outside of their conference that mattered except the Big 12, blew three games. Louisiana Lafayette beat Iowa State by 17. Coastal Carolina housed Kansas. 
And Arkansas State beat Kansas State. So judging by what is on the field, not on historical precedent, not on brand name, not on laundry, not on revenue, the Sun Belt on the field was better than the Big 12. And yet here we are with the top team in the Big 12 at number seven in the rankings based on beating other teams in the Big 12, which means what exactly? Means they just beat other teams that aren't very good because the Big 12 had its chance and blew it. There are 12 spots ahead of the team that beat them head-to-head, and that team has a better record. Louisiana Lafayette has lost once. Iowa State has lost twice. They beat them head-to-head. Doesn't matter. 12 spots. Coastal Carolina, which beat Lafayette by three on a field goal with four seconds left. Undefeated. Beat BYU in a hell of a game. 13th. Six spots behind. Two loss Iowa State. BYU drops five spots, as I said. It's just, that's the rig, man. That's the deal. Do you want to talk about the fix being in? The fix is in with the playoff. No team from outside the Power Five ever is getting in. If it can't happen this year, it's never happening. I I agree. I Again, I say this as someone who's going to be quite pleased with what the committee is going to put out. I'm excited for the – I'm not even saying that Louisiana or Coastal Carolina should be in this thing. But the fact they're sitting at 13 and 19 is a complete joke, and it shows – Whatever their criteria is just ridiculous. Louisiana has one loss, and that loss is to Coastal Carolina by three, as you said. Coastal Carolina has the the fourth best victory of the entire season. Okay, The best is Notre Dame over Clemson. You got Alabama over Texas A&M. You have Texas A&M over Florida. Those three, there's three. Then you have Coastal Carolina, or uh, Louisiana, I'm sorry, beating Iowa State by 17 points. They are 19th. They have, one, they have the fourth best victory, a 17-point road victory. And they've lost by three points to an undefeated team. These two teams, if you did this in a real vacuum, if you had, and I've said this, you should have one computer formula, and then you can't get into the bias bit. You have one computer formula, everyone goes and you spit it out. This is the year that these two teams should be like fifth and sixth in yeah. the polls. Yeah. And the championship game of the Sun Belt should be a monster because they're the only league they have. The league has the best non-conference schedule. Everyone else has yeah. played themselves pretty much. Yeah. The Sun Belt, if you look at it, yeah, would it be a loophole? Yes. Would it be a, a workaround of the pandemic? Yes. Would it even be accurate? Probably not. I do not think the Sun Belt is the best league. But if you're looking at what actually happened on the field, that's the case. Instead, they have them at 13 and 19. It's a complete joke. That is a co- There is no logic to it other than, well, we think these guys look better. They got more NFL draft picks. I know the school name. This is what they're not supposed to do on this committee. And so I don't really care. I don't think Coastal Carolina. I don't really want to watch Coastal Carolina play Alabama on. If we're only going to have four teams, I'd like to see it if they played eight. Sure. Yeah. But. I'm not, it's, you cannot take this process seriously if this is a 13 to 19 and you have Iowa State sitting way up there and you have Georgia sitting ahead of them. And what did Georgia do? You had two losses. Not, they didn't know anything this year. They're Georgia. That's why. This thing is ridiculous. The Sun Belt, if you did it in, in a real process, the Sun Belt should be in the playoff. And you should go, wow. Well, I don't you know, know if they should be in the playoff. All right. Well, like, they should be uh, well, higher. They should be in contention for a New Year's Six Bowl or right, more they, contention for a New Year's Six Bowl. I like, look, love the Sun Belt. I, I was just going to joke that I couldn't manufacture more Sun Belt outrage than you two have already said. And I really think that part of this is there is no Sun Belt outrage because they don't have big fan bases. They don't have tradition. Nobody, nobody knows them. So they, they don't have like the, no one is amplifying this argument right now. Like I don't sit around and watch those ESPN shows, but I don't think anybody's yelling about the Sun Belt right now. Right. Like it's just, it's just not the way the system works. Um, For good reason. Yes. Yes. So I, I agree generally that the Sun Belt's getting shafted. I do not agree the Sun Belt should be in the playoff. I think that's well, where you have to tap the brakes and just say, if, okay, if you looked at it let's reward them. But yes. If you looked at it statistically, though, that's all we're saying is they should be in this process. I, I'm not saying they should. I, they shouldn't be in, but they should be right there. Because yeah. what has these other leagues done? There's just there's no reason for the best teams of the Sun Belt to be behind the best teams in the Big 12. The Big 12's a fraud this year, but they're there because they're always there. You know, Oklahoma, which gets into the playoff and gets crushed how many times? 
Four different times Oklahoma's made the playoff. Once they showed up and almost beat Georgia. The other three times, they have been broomed out. I mean, you know, but they're Oklahoma, so they get the benefit of the doubt. And now Iowa State, they beat Oklahoma, so and they beat Texas. Big deal! The Big 12 is an echo chamber of mediocrity, but they're getting rewarded because they're the Big 12. It's just not there. I mean, if we're gonna, if you're gonna look at it, the fact that they were the only other league that played non-conference games, and they lost all the big ones. I mean, you know, so yeah, what do we know about the Big Ten? We don't know much. Indiana no. hasn't. Indiana's beat a bunch of two lo- two win teams. They're right. ahead of Coastal Carolina. Yeah. What do we know? I don't know. We so, really don't. That's the problem with again, this season, and that's where we had the one bit of of interconference data. And then it's just been ignored. You had a chance to do the p- pandemic loophole to at least put them in contention. These two aren't even close. So should we should we be questioning the jalapeno creamed corn lobbying skills of Terry Mahajer, the Arkansas State yeah. AD, who is on the committee? Does He's he not nothing. have like the right queso bribing capabilities here? Is there not? <laughs> does he not know like where the best like Tostito chips are? Like, Terry, what are you doing? You got to stand on the table for your guys in the belt, or did they make them leave the room when they're talking about the uh, the, the belt guys? They must. I don't know, but yeah, Terry needs to. I mean, Terry should be the biggest crank over the cream corn down there. I mean, he should be. He should be a pain in the ass to every other committee member. hundred percent. All right, you want to talk about screw jobs? We got to get to the Pac-12 now. I know nobody cares about the Pac-12 football. So right. if this happened in the SEC. There would be bloodshed in the street. I'm just going to say that. Okay, let's talk Pac-12 North. They were going to play. Winner wins the Pac-12 North. Washington says, we can't play. Hey, we win the Pac-12 North. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I, see the, I see the flaw in that logic, okay? There's one. Then there's the Colorado Buffaloes. My Colorado Buffaloes, okay? <laughs> Colorado had an Arizona State canceled on Colorado because of COVID. And then heading into Thanksgiving, USC canceled on Colorado. Colorado then definitely slipped in San Diego State and played a game. But since San Diego State is not in the Pac-12, Colorado is 4-0, but with only three league wins. And USC, which is is 4-0 with four league wins. But because USC canceled the game on Colorado, USC, with with both teams win or lose this weekend, USC wins the Pac-12 South on because they refute they did not play Colorado. Colorado has not had a COVID outbreak. Colorado could end up being the first time I've ever heard. It's got to be the only time ever possible. An undefeated team that didn't even win their division <laughs> of a league. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And, okay. USC essentially beats Colorado because they got COVID. That's what is this? Then, okay, the Pac-12 North is doing the same thing. They need to cancel, throw the Pac-12 North out. None of you are undefeated. Have Colorado and USC play in the Pac-12 championship game. This thing is ridiculous. If this was the SEC or the Big Ten, literally, I, I, all they'd be talking about. I was just about to say that. If this was the SEC, the entire, like, 11-state region or whatever it is would be aflame right now. It would be the most <laughs> searing, broiling controversy, and there would be, like, like bombs being thrown, like different ways, verbal bombs, all that stuff. Like, no, it's a Pac-12. And I've like read a little bit about it this week. And it's obviously unfair, like completely, totally, blatantly, obviously unfair. But I think the lack of outrage about this actually speaks to the irrelevancy of the Pac-12. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's why it's it's in the state it's in, is because people just don't care that much. And in Colorado, right now, there's three things on everybody's mind out there, okay? The Broncos suck. Are we getting enough snow for people to ski and where are the edibles? Uh, so like the, the, the plight, the plight of the buffaloes is pretty far down the list of what people are talking about there. I, I, I mean, it is, it's an absolute travesty. There's no doubt about it, but it's not front burner topic. Sean Keeler at the Denver post, just shouting into the mountains. <laughs> it just echoes off and no one, no one cares. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know how this is possible. I literally had to read the thing like three times to be like, wait, what <laughs> Colorado, your problem was not getting COVID was getting, yeah. not, you know, should have got it. Or so I don't, how does this happen? And they even scheduled a game to try to make it up. Like they were doing their right, best. Right. 
playoffs could go five and zero and not win their division. Unbelievable. <laughs> Do you think they had an, undefeated, an undefeated <laughs> division second place banner in Folsom Field? <laughs> How about this? The committee finally ranked them this week. They're they're twenty first. <laughs> like literally, I don't think anyone knows the Pac twelve is even playing football. It's just just exists out there. I don't know. Did, can you can you tell our listeners the brave way you supported your Buffaloes this week because they were the lock of the week, Dan? You were you had a very big part in their victory. Oh, that is true. We were the the Buffs were losing to they okay they, they were a seven point dog a seven point favorite. That's it to an zero three Arizona team that was that was missing their starting QB. Yet somehow my Buffs fell behind. I think fourteen zip. Yeah. Thirteen, led, but yeah, no, 13. I was looking forward to you losing your lock of the week. So yeah, and then so and, and so despondent was I that I poured myself some whiskey. And uh, and then the buffs started rallying. So there, you know, I did my part. So you had uh, to conti- keep pouring Pete, yourself some whiskey. Pete said, "Keep drinking." So mm-hmm. you know, I felt that's the least I could do. I mean, I really felt like that. That's uh, that's the kind of dedication I I have. Uh, you know, for my my things. Let me get you to one other uh, very big story and, and talk about my dedication to this podcast. Uh, and that is the uh, the plight of uh, young Max Gilliam. Max Gilliam. Oh. He is the uh, starting quarterback for the UNLV running Rebels, if you uh, know him. And uh, the Rebels haven't had a great year. Max had a decent offseason, though, because uh, him and his buddy uh, appeared on the Bravo reality show Below Deck. Below Deck. I know probably a lot of crossover. uh, Bravo, (laughs) Yahoo Sports College podcast listeners, viewers. Uh, below deck is uh, people rent this like luxury yacht. I, I watched I watched the show, of course. I watched the episode <laughs> just because no one will ever I, question your research, Dan. You know, no, that's right. no, I'm sure you Googled some shots of the model, too. Right. Just, I, well, just, you just know, in I mean, case I'm you know, trying to make yep. sure I get the story. So Impartial on the observer. show, for whatever reason, they decided to have dinner on this luxury yacht. They had sushi. Uh, but they brought in a model. She was she was dubbed the sushi model, the sushi model. Uh, and she laid in the middle of the table, unclothed, although there were uh, she did have some coverings. And then they like put palm like, leaves she had on her on her yeah, torso, she put some right? leaves over some certain areas. And then they put sushi, sushi on the leaves. And then the dinner party, which include men and women, um, ate sushi off the nude model. With so, chopsticks, right? Not just like with chopsticks. Yeah, with chopsticks. I actually thought, it, I, you know, I'm hoping one of these open in my area. I think, you know, I'm a, <laughs> maybe have a future. But anyway, I, I made sure to watch because, you know, I wanted to make sure. I actually did not think it was a big deal, but some reason this went out. Someone, someone figured out that the starting quarterback at UNLV was on the show eating the sushi off the nude model, and it went viral. And uh, Max Gilliam had to issue an apology. And he blamed the show's producers, of course. Good job. I would like to apologize for my poor judgment while on the TV show Below Deck and acknowledge <laughs> I have made a mistake that I will learn I will learn from. I'm sure you will, Max. Um, <laughs> while it was not my idea nor any of my friends' ideas to eat sushi off a model, <laughs> I, I should have exercised better judgment and declined the idea immediately when brought up by the producers. Uh, went on to say, uh, this is not a reflection of my character or the way I was raised, nor a reflection on the culture of UNLV football. Uh, I would like to humbly move past this uh, so-and-so. Uh, listen, Max, the only thing you need to be apologizing for is that apology. What the hell are you doing, son? The the culture of UNLV? <laughs> what? I think eating sushi off a nude model is actually is 100% the culture of UNLV. What is with their pearl clutching in Vegas now? <laughs> it is yeah. the number one like hospitality and management school in the country, isn't it? It's it is. Just, yeah. With um, with the COVID restrictions, it's hard to get people to dine in, you know, you got to get it's hard to get people to go out to eat. You got to come up with some creative ideas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I will say the best line about this uh, came from Tim Brown, our uh, Yahoo baseball writer. So I tweeted out the story and wrote, I don't I don't even know where to start, dot, dot, dot. And Tim Brown tweeted, how about with the edamame? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's good. <laughs> no, the fact that UNLV, the school that had players in the hot tub with Richard the Fixer Perry, uh, the school that had Lloyd Daniels, 
The school that I believe had Lamar Odom at one point too. That I like like Lamar is mad he never thought of this. You know? He got kicked well, out after uh I believe uh solicitation. Yeah. So L- Lamar's mad he didn't think of the sushi model. But yeah, if if UNLV if this is now beneath UNLV's standards, then UNLV needs but needs to go back to the old standards. I mean, come on. <laughs> The best I, I want to know more about got. this sushi model. Like, how do you get into that? You start modeling <laughs> and then you answer an ad. Do they find you? Like, how do you explain that when you meet somebody at a dinner party? What do you do? Well, I put fig leaves <laughs> over my private parts and they put spicy tuna rolls on me. Like, just I, I need to know more about this genre of modeling. Obviously, I don't spend a lot of time around models, so I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know much about it. But I just I found that that actual like job existed to be more fascinating than the UNLV quarterback eating the sushi off of uh, the young woman. It's it's proof. It's a proof in America that no matter if you're good looking enough, it, it, you you can make a living literally doing nothing. It's like, do you have any any skills, any education, any talent at all? No. All right, how about we just lay you down on the table and someone eats dinner off you? <laughs> You're hired. So, yeah. Yeah. Right. Five $500 an hour. Here you go. Yeah. On a luxury yacht. I mean, yeah. you literally have to have no skills at all other than being good looking. Being able to lie still. Don't move. I guess. Yes. You yeah. know, don't get twitchy or need to itch or <laughs> roll over or anything. Yeah. By the way, Max, the, the, the rebels are winless and Max, poor Max is, uh, QB efficiency ratings like 108. So he's definitely better as a below deck star than as a starting quarterback to this point. Not giving up on him yet, though. He's young. Yeah, he's not very good. <laughs> All right. Uh, college basketball is going on. We'll get to more football in a second. But Duke uh, coach Mike Shashevsky, man who has uh, innumerable, he has more national championships than uh, gray hairs somehow. The amazing hair of Mike Krzyzewski alone, still jet black after all these years, was asked on, uh, they played, Duke played Illinois on Tuesday night and lost by 15 points uh, and was asked if it felt right to be playing college basketball during a pandemic. He he came up with this statement. uh, I don't think it feels right to anyone. I mean, everyone is concerned. You know, we made an assessment. I'm not sure who leads college basketball. You know, it's done by committee. You have an oversight committee of this committee and anything led by committee is not agile in handling a situation. So we made an assessment and there was a consensus. It wasn't like, well, planned that we're going to start November 25th. That was made without knowing uh, whether there's going to be a vaccine, how many cases. Basically, it was just a mentality of get as many games in as possible. Uh, and he just basically said, we're just plowing through this. He acknowledged that people will probably look and, and dismiss him because his team isn't any good this year. Conveniently, Coach K might want to shut down the season when Duke isn't isn't so good. As we watch this season sort of unfold, uh, we lost the one versus two matchup last week. I think like Michigan State landed in Virginia on Tuesday night and like two hours later, the game was canceled. Uh, what are you hearing out there? I, I know Kay's going to get a lot of criticism for what he said, but uh, it kind of is reflective of what I'm hearing from college basketball coaches. Like, what are we doing? This this is absurd. And the restrictions we have to put the players on, I think Tom Izzo, uh, and don't overreact to the comparison, but he, he compared it to like putting the guys almost in jail in what they have to do. He was acknowledged that it's not jail. But, you know, what what are you guys hearing on on the Coach K comments? That's definitely out there. I think there are basketball coaches are – less afraid to announce their misgivings than the football coaches have been, you know, like the football coaches, it's like you almost have to take a loyalty oath. You're all in no matter what you have to say, this season's a success, no matter what. And everything's great. As long as we're playing, no matter what basketball's like, ah, uh, -uh, it's not that way. And I think it's partly because this has just been an incredibly messy, difficult beginning to the season. It's, it's all over the place. We've had big games canceled. We've had small games canceled. The idea to rush into playing, I guess you would say, November 25th, as opposed to trying to wait and back end this thing, has not been very well received. I mean, Jeff Capel, former longtime Mike Krzyzewski assistant and former player for him, came out and said what I think a lot of people think, certainly what I think earlier this week. He said, Let's just not even call these guys, you know, student athletes. They are, they're basically employees. You know, we, what we're asking them to do under no circumstance fits the, the heading of college student first, uh, athlete second. Give me a break. You know, and the, 
as Izzo alluded to, yes, they are. They are basically under almost lock and key house arrest uh, on their campuses, which are deserted except for them for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And your job is to churn out TV inventory in that time. And yeah, you may want to play. I'm sure they definitely want to play. But the circumstances surrounding this are ugly, perhaps almost even a little bit inhumane, and just a terrible, terrible look and a terrible execution, really, so far, I think, by college basketball. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, the a bunch of college basketball coaches I've talked to think it's a sputtering mess and want things pushed back. They, I, the, the option here, Pat wrote it in August. I wrote it a couple of weeks ago is to move March madness to may by then God willing, the, the vaccine is widely available. Um, we're just starting to feel the post Thanksgiving spike in America and it's only going to get worse. So do you just look around, read the country right now, hit pause or just say, you know what? Let's go January 15th, bubbled sites for leagues, create an environment where there's not this chaos. And again, kids want to play, coaches want to play, everyone wants to play. They need the inventory. That's been very clear. So, like, find a more tenable solution than 25 games being canceled a day or whatever it is. And I don't know what the percentage is of games that have been canceled, but it's I, it feels like it's trending higher than college football. Is that is that your read, Pat? I'm really I'm not sure. I couldn't put an estimate on it. You know, I mean, there is three times the number of teams playing basketball than football. Sure. So I don't know. I mean, football. I want to say we're at like 18 percent for the season. Um, I don't know what basketball's number is. And so I, I really just feel like it, it. Rick Pitino said this. Now Coach K has said this. The problem with college basketball, we've talked about it a million times. We're talking about football. Nobody's in charge, right? So it would have to be the the NCAA Division I Council, I believe, would have to make this decision. There doesn't feel like there's any momentum there. I just think, you know, like a lot of things with the NCAA, they're just going to, like, stick their hands over the ears, go la, 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 and hope for the best. That's been the strategy so far. It's been a strategy of hope, and they're going to continue to hope because it does not appear that the organization is built to have alternative strategies. Uh, I mean, it's just that uh, you just have no idea what you're getting every day. <laughs> I think I tweeted before the season, uh, you know, don't if, if two teams are playing on TV, then the game's on. Other than yeah. that, <laughs> right. If you turn it on and see a tip off, then it's happening. And the challenge we talked about this in football, but the challenge in basketball of like keeping your guys motivated. Uh, and I don't think that's a secret that that's why Kentucky and Duke aren't any good. These guys are like, I'm going to league. And you're seeing Iowa and Illinois and some of these other clubs are like playing a lot better together. There was a game the other night. I can't remember who they, I think it was Cleveland State. Uh, Ohio U uh, and our man Jeff Bowles, uh, they played uh, Cleveland State. Ohio went on a 40 to 0 run. What? Yeah, they scored 40 consecutive points on Cleveland State. Oh my now, God. credit to Ohio and all of that, but it's the most in like, you know, since whatever, forever, basically. It also tells me Cleveland State's kids are like, well, I don't want to be here. Yeah. 40, right. I, I mean, you got to we could set up five guys in the Yahoo staff and, yeah. and, and maybe get a point somewhere, like even <laughs> set up a, a, just have a guy down the other end cherry picking. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so could hit a corner three at some point, right? Uh, like, 40 <laughs> straight points to Ohio. Like, yeah. And so I think there's just a lot of like, what is this? You know, I mean, man, that Kentucky yeah. team, that Kentucky team oh, quit before it started. Oh, it was just like, what yeah. am I doing here again? Well, yeah. Oh, my it, God. I watched yeah. Sunday when they played Georgia Tech, and I mean, I, I I don't remember a Kentucky player getting on a floor for a ball once. You know, I mean, it was like, oh. do we really have to do this? You know, and these guys, <laughs> look, it, it is a, it's a very hard time to be a freshman in college. You, you have walked into a disaster, and a lot of these guys, as you said, B.J. Boston, Terrence Clark are like, okay, wh- when, when do I sign out to, to get ready for the draft? You know, the team sucks. We're not trying. We're not having fun. You know, Calipari's yelling at us every three minutes, and we're losing. I, I just, I don't think it's a great recipe. Yeah, uh, Calipari usually figures it out. Their teams are usually struggle early. Yeah, boy, he's got a lot of figuring on this crew. A lot of figuring. Uh, a lot of figuring because that team is bad. Yeah, I, it, they got beat to every rebound. But like, yeah, and and his thing is like screaming at you and getting you, you know, beating you down, and you're just like, for what, man? This team's not going anywhere. So. It's uh, it is a year where just about anybody could win the championship. 
Yeah. yeah. And you feel for like the Kentucky kids, right? Because they go you all the things you go to Kentucky for are like the crowds, the fans, the <laughs> nightlife. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is a there's that's a great place to go be a basketball player, right? You're adored. All the adoration and all of the outlets that you could have are basically shut off. And it's just like Zoom classes, basketball and Cal yelling at you is all you get. So like yeah. that's a that's yeah. a raw deal, man. Like that's a raw deal. Like and they're yeah. like they're they're building their their dorm for the players is like directly across from the craft center. Yeah. yeah. So like I mean they 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 probably don't move like more than three hundred yeah. yards. I get yeah. And like the beauty of Kentucky, it's not just the state loves you, but like Lexington's a you know small mid sized city that you are, you know it's everything. So like that's that that the well-wishers and the excitement of like when you're in Lexington, it's all about college basketball and, uh, you know, and it's enough you get that on any college town, but Lexington's like a city. So it's even bigger. And yeah, you go downtown to play the games and there's big blue everywhere. You don't get that. What are you doing? And it's like, uh, all right, Cal Parry. Yeah. Not, not what I signed up for. Uh, I'd rather be Cade Cunningham just jacking up shots out at Oklahoma state and scoring 30 a night. (laughs) That kid's good. That kid's very good. It's good. All right. More college football. I, I actually need a, a, a quick people's court on this. So we had this story come this weekend, uh, and I want to know what, what you two would do. This is more coaching, coaching people's court. Uh, at the Florida, in the late moments of the Florida victory over Tennessee, sorry, Sully, two Gator players, Jacob Copeland, a wide receiver, and uh, quarterback Emory Jones, uh, were uh, filmed uh, on the sideline. And there was... Um, uh, some young women up in the stands at uh, at, at Neyland Stadium, Jacob Emery and others. There's other co-conspirators on this, other defendants. Uh, they were using a coaching whiteboard um, where, you know, you design up some blitz package or something. And they were writing their uh, Instagram and Snapchat info down <laughs> and encouraging the young ladies to you know, take the info down and hit them up on the, you know, hit them up on social media and communicate. Um, they got uh, yelled at by a coach in the video. And uh, I'm wondering you two uh, esteemed legal minds. We've had this case now when, when Arkansas suspended its players for, for, for uh, chatting up and flirting with the Mississippi state dance team in a football game a couple years ago. Um, do you uh, punish the Florida uh, Romeos? For trying to find their their Knoxville Juliets, or do you say, "Hey, to the victor, and we are victors"? Uh, go the uh, Snapchat handles. <laughs> I I would find them. Uh, I, I would not. I would not do anything to them. I would not go all Chad Morris. Now I do remember. I think the angriest Dan has been in podcast yep. history was at Chad Morris when he did that. I've oh, never yes. heard Dan okay. more angry. So, I was. I'm so much shielding myself from Dan's anger with this, but I find nothing wrong with that, right? It was done at a social distance. And quite frankly, is there any better taunt after beating a rival than going to the stadium than saying, we're going to, we're going to like pick up your co-eds. I feel like that is part of the rivalry. I I loved, I loved it. I loved the the, the tweet when it went viral. And uh, yeah, I don't think Coach Mullen has to, uh, in, in our, in our friend and podcast listener, Scott Strickland has to do anything, uh, has to do anything to those, uh, to those young Gators. Look, it's a pandemic. They're a little feisty. I give the guys a helmet sticker for ingenuity to grab the whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's, that's smart. That's got, that's, that's resourcefulness making it happen. They've been in a pandemic. They've been locked down in Gainesville, another great place to be a college football player, college athlete. You've been cooped up. You got women flirting with you there. This is like, all right, I just, I read a story. It's a, it's a long New Yorker story, but part of which was about 5,000 years BC group that basically just kind of pillaged its way across Europe from Pete's uh, Albanian ancestry area around the Caspian Sea. But that was basically their thing was like, you know, yeah, we're coming. We're taking your territory. We're conquering your women. We're doing everything. And that's kind of what Florida, the Florida Gators were doing here in Knoxville. And of course, Tennessee, as has been the case for many years, powerless to resist. Good answer. The appellate court will agree with that. We'll not hear the case uh, if they No, you'll punish them. Good for them. I mean, what the heck? It's a very it was very respectful flirting. I mean, you know, we don't. Just, and like Pete said, social distance, that's a good point. All right. Uh, I need to talk wars. You know about war. In war, you need a slogan 
to to rally support or something. You know, James Polk, 54-40 or fight, which uh, basically gave us the Pac-12 North. I'm not sure that was worth it now. Uh, There was was, uh, remember the main, the hell with Spain. Uh, that wasn't even true, but we fought a war anyway. Uh, but that's the deal. In, the, in in war, the first casualty of war is the truth. And that's why you get propaganda. You get songs. You get parades. You even get movies. And that's where the chicken war comes in now. Uh-oh. The chicken wars are raging. And I don't want our audience to fall for propaganda. We report, you decide. But let's be clear what we have that we hear at the Yahoo Sports College podcast are not going to stand by, by silently as the God-fearing, hard-working, artery-clogging, fried chicken sandwich enthusiasts out there in America are subjected to gaslighting tactics by the yum brands of Kentucky Fried Chicken. Okay? Because <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but the Chicken Wars now has its John Wayne. Really? And it is Mario Lopez mm. from Saved by the Bell fame. Okay. K- KFC. A reluctant heavyweight in the chicken wars is all in now. They have teamed with the Lifetime Network. You guys familiar with the Lifetime Network? Sure, they make movies. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Where the, the, the man is always the villain. Always. <laughs> always. And is basically a terrible person who's responsible for misery and pain. Network is re- very popular in my house. I don't know why. <laughs> I yeah, I was going to say, I recognize that character. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, Lifetime's releasing a mini movie. Called Recipe for Seduction. What? It is a biopic of Colonel Sanders. Oh, come on. Oh, wow. Starring Mario Lopez. Mario Lopez as Colonel, Colonel Sa- Sanders? Yes. In Recipe for Seduction, the Washington Post dubbed it Love Me Tenders. That was pretty <laughs> That's good. good. <laughs> uh, Sully, will you play uh, this little trailer? Because it is, this is what we need to be unaware of. What the hell are you doing? A Lifetime original mini-movie. You don't answer my proposal, and now you're not answering my call. I think I'm falling for the new chef. Jessica is falling for Harley. The cook? Leave Jessica alone and skip town. He has a secret recipe that's going to change the world. Harley claims to have some secret recipe. A secret recipe? Spare me. We all have our secrets. If you marry my daughter, I promise there'll be more long weekends in your future. Mom, I have to tell you something. We have a problem. Secrets out, chicken man. I'll take care of this. Ruining everything! Just kill him already! Who the hell are you? Harlan Sanders, the new chef. (laughs) Mario Lopez is Colonel Sanders in a recipe for seduction. (laughs) Premieres December 13th at noon, only on Lifetime. December 13th at noon. Are you going to be watching Mario Lopez in this kind of chicken propaganda where Colonel Sanders is now a heartthrob out there with his recipe for seduction? Pat, you are a Kentucky resident. What's your story? Uh, Are we sure... This isn't like a complete ruse, like the monolith thing that supposedly was stolen. I mean, like, this can't really be real. Are we sure this is real? I don't I, believe you could be campy enough on the Lifetime okay, Network. Okay, okay, okay. Well, then, yeah, I guess we're not going to portray Harlan Sanders as the racist jerk that he apparently was, according to everything I've heard uh, from his time in Corbin, Kentucky, and and then, uh, you know, starting his restaurant uh, empire. No, I'm not going to watch. Are you kidding me? I'm not watching a Lifetime movie about Colonel Sanders. Good God. I've got standards. This makes me feel like the uh, Hooray for AIM song has a cutting edge to it. Like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, we're not the audience for Lifetime, and I get that. But, like, who would actually, like, lock in? So Mario Lopez on Saved by the Bell, you guys can relate to this. For years, when you turned on TVs in Marriott's, he was like the guy who brought you through the channel guide. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like you'd turn yeah, it on yeah. and he'd be like, hi, welcome to the hotel. I'm Mario Lopez for guides or whatever it was. So clearly he's fallen from being like the guy in the Marriott TV like background. Like that's a that's a long fall. It's hard to go lower in that in the entertainment world but Mario Lopez has managed. Apparently Colonel Sanders was a, a, a womanizer. He was uh, the ladies. He loved the ladies. And apparently some of the ladies loved him. Mm. Uh, I did a little research on this. Um, interesting guy. Uh, Pat said um, not 
not a not the uh, the best example of uh, you, you know had had some had some failures. Uh, he also once shot a rival gas station owner in Corbin, Kentucky, which I think just kind of happens every week in Corbin, Kentucky. In Corbin, um, it really might actually happen every week. <laughs> yeah. Only made two million on the KFC sale. Really? Wow. Although I don't know when that was. That was probably a lot. Uh, and he s- went to his grave swearing that KFC actually doesn't use his secret recipe of 11 secret herbs, herbs and spices, that it's a fraud. Mm. How many mm. of the herbs are a secret? Like, how many secret herbs can there be? <laughs> I can I mean, be one or two, but now you can't keep all 11 secret. Like, that'd be one hell of a garden. You got 11 <laughs> herbs that nobody else has. Uh, there's, there's not that many to choose from when you get right down to it. Certainly yeah, if you're making chicken out of stuff that you can, you know, grow in Kentucky. I uh, personally think that uh, I'm still going with Popeye's. I mean, this is a, a weak attempt by by Kentucky Fried Chicken to get their sandwiches rolling. I would just make a better sandwich. But this is where we're at now. This uh, People used to say we we're making a we were we were overhyping the chicken war. But when Mario <laughs> Lopez is involved. Uh, when we have movies now about the chicken wars, then yes. Yeah. Mini movie, a mini movie. Um, so recipe for success. Uh, keep your eye out for that. Uh, maybe What's Popeye's answer. In it. What's Popeye's answer. Are they going to make like a, a diehard movie where you have like, I don't know, like Bruce Willis starring as a, as a Popeye chef that has to go on some killing rampage. <laughs> I don't know. I'd watch, I'd watch a Netflix docu series on the guy who tried to, who said he was going to blow up the bathroom at the at the chicken shack <laughs> in New Orleans? Uh, I would watch that. That that's a crime and punishment story if there ever was one. Uh, all right, let's pick some games. Race for the case is very exciting. It is more it exciting is. than the big, more exciting than the Big Ten race. It's 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 fairer than the Pac-12 race. <laughs> uh, and it, it's higher stakes than the Sunbelt uh, race. So there it is, the race for the case. Uh, Pete, you are clinging to a one one game lead. We're down to just a, what do we got? Two weeks left. 48, 34, and one. You are 14 games above 500, picking games on Wednesday in a pandemic. That is impressive. Pat, 47, 35, and one. Sully is 42, 40, and one. And I am dead even, 41, 41. And one plus the fat bear contest victory. So uh, I got that. <laughs> we'll uh, give it to you right. at this point. You can take the fat bear victory. <laughs> I, I can still come back. couple six and oh weeks here. I'm going to stake it out right here. All right. Number 11, Oklahoma at West Virginia. Noon on ABC. Oklahoma is giving 14 points. Mountaineers, two touchdown dogs in Morgantown. Pat, who you got? Give me the ears to cover. I don't think they'll win, but they are undefeated at home. They're undefeated at home. They're winless on the road. The rare team that uh, has not seen that dynamic affected by the pandemic. Um, Neil Brown's done a good job there. Uh, You know, I think this is going to be kind of a -a rope-a-dope game. Hope Spencer Rattler isn't hot. Hope they're not lighting them up, but uh, West Virginia has a good enough defense, I think, to slow them down, keep it close, and cover the fourteen. I just want to thank Pat. He's made a nice run at me here and, you know, really gotten the race case to be close. But there's no chance that West Virginia covers this week. This is like one of those obvious games to pick. West Virginia lost 87 to nothing in Ames last week. And I know it was on the road, but they're falling apart. That vaunted defense that I read about didn't exactly hold up in the city of Ames. So Oklahoma's obviously played really well the past few weeks when they've been able to play. I just think it is one team that is plowing, one team that is surging, and uh, the Sooners will not be intimidated by uh, the Muskets. So I think I think Oklahoma wins this game by thirty. You were impressed by Oklahoma beating Baylor by thirteen last week? Surging, surging? Did I hear surging? I mean, if you looked at their past three games, they they annihilated everybody. Kansas, they beat, they beat Kansas. They beat Kansas and Texas Tech, the two worst teams in the league. Oklahoma State. I look forward to the trash talk on the. Uh, okay. I can't wait because I lone wolfed the Nears last week and it burnt me to a crisp. <laughs> <laughs> the Sooners, the Sooners are going to roll on them. Let's go. Let's go. Fighting Spencer Rattlers. Come on. All right, number nine, Georgia versus number twenty-five, Missouri. Georgia is giving thirteen and a half. A game is noon on the SEC Network. Pete, you can go first. I'm going to take Missouri. 
They're at home. They're playing well. They are motivated. Missouri has won three in a row. They've won five of six. Uh, Drinkwitz showed with the Alabama game early in the year at home that he knows how to backdoor cover. Um, and they've played well in the fourth quarter. And it, th- these are like these late SEC games are not a ton to play for. Um, they're really give a hoot factors are big. And Missouri, this is going to be their Super Bowl. And Georgia, God bless them. They're a little better with JT Daniels. I still just don't see them having a, a dynamic enough offense to uh, to to go in and, and, and just be assured of a blowout with all the dynamics working against them. Um, yes, I'm taking Missouri as well for the reasons Pete mentioned. I, I just I think Georgia's motivation is going to be very low, and then add this one factor in: high of 41, low of 27, 50 percent chance of snow. Not something that happens very often in an SEC game. The guys from Athens are going to be looking at this saying, get me out of here. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I, I, I love uh, the breakdown you guys just gave me, but uh, I'm going to take Georgia. Give me – now that it's, it's, it's under 14, I like that number. Give me the dogs. I'm taking Missouri. I like the way they've been playing. It may be snowing, but I hope they keep the pool open at Shady Gators at the Lake of the Ozarks because <laughs> it's we partying all day after this victory. Uh, actually, I don't know if they've win, but they'll cover. Doesn't matter. All right. Number 17, North Carolina and number 10, Miami. Miami is giving three and a half. Uh, game is 330 on ABC. Pat, you can go first on this one. Uh, yeah. You know, Miami has lost at least its uh, co- conference championship motivation, but I don't think that matters. They're motivated. They're having a very good season. They're at home. UNC defense, not good enough. I think Derek King has a big day. Miami wins and covers the three. I'm going to take Miami as well. I mean, North Carolina, like I'm sick of picking them because they are just such a spastic team Um, and they've just shown up in so many different ways and uh, in in forms this season. But I do think Miami motivation is high. I really don't have a great feel post COVID for how their roster is going to be. So that obviously be concerned if you're going to put actual money on this and not like text message bragging rights like we that we usually play for uh i i will take the uh, hurricanes because i simply do not trust north carolina i'm right there with you north carolina is one in four against the spread in their last five games miami is gonna roll them yeah i'm taking the canes in this too i like this team playing well all right con at team iowa 330 on fs1 iowa is giving one and a half points boy i don't know luster's off of wisconsin i mean i thought that they were Quite poor against uh, against Indiana. Uh, Iowa's played well. Iowa just needs to avoid. They've had some very slow starts, but if they can get off to a decent start in this game, uh, I think they're going to win and maybe even win comfortably. It's certainly, you know, if it's a point game, two points games, I, I, I say they win by a touchdown. Yeah, I think Iowa's won five in a row quietly, right? And and for a team that had every reason to pack it in um, with all the offseason tumult they have, they, they've, they've appeared to have rallied. Uh, this game will be like the most beautiful, unwatchable slog of the weekend, um, just the style these two teams played. But I, I just think Iowa at this point is motivated and, and has shown it can out-tough teams uh, at the end of the game. Yep, I'm with you. Wisconsin, that, that luster is way off after we were hyping them up after one week. Give me the Hawkeyes to beat him up a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to go same thing. Hawkeyes, they, you know, everyone got excited when Wisconsin crushed Illinois. Uh, maybe we shouldn't have been so excited. I I hope this game is as gray-skied and miserable as, as as it should be played. So I'll take uh, I'll take Hawkeyes there. All right, one that will not have gray skies. We'll have sunshine. Number 15, USC at UCLA, Battle of L.A., 7.30. Well, I guess well, the game will be at 4.30 out there. Going to say, here I am bragging about the sunshine for a night game. Good job. Uh, 7.30 on ABC. USC is giving three and a half. USC playing well. Offense is clicking. Man, they uh, Keaton Slovis looked really good last week. Four touchdowns to uh, Tate Brown last week. Absolutely torched. Torched. Pete's lock. Thank you, Trojans. Uh, they're going to keep it rolling and uh, beat the Bruins. Uh, I'm going UCLA here. I I mean, boy, this is a tough one because USC has played very well the last two games. But uh, I think UC- so is UCLA is getting better. Uh, they, are, uh, they have a winning record for the first time under Chip Kelly. 
Uh, looking forward to this game, really. It's a great, great rivalry game. It's always great uniform clash, beautiful stadium setting. Hopefully it's a sunny day in SoCal, and I think it's going to be an exciting game, but I'm taking UCLA to eke out the victory and cover the spread. The Chip Kelly bandwagon's got some uh, has got some company on it all of a sudden. I you know USC has been such a such a weird team this uh, this season. They just looked gross against uh, against both Arizona and Arizona State, and then they went up like twenty eight to nothing in thirty seconds against my Cougars in my lock of the week. So that was a really gratifying game watching experience. I'm going to take UCLA. They're they're playing well. You know they just kind of seem to have everything everything together right now with with Chip and. You know, DTR is dynamic enough to uh, to give them a chance in this game. And I don't think Keaton Slovis is going to be set up and teed up like he was in that Washington State game. So I think there's a little fool's gold with USC right now. All right, lock of the week. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take Boise State giving 11 and a half uh, at Wyoming. I mean, who knows? It could be a blizzard. Uh, you, you never know. Uh, but Boise State is... They're, they're certainly two touchdowns better than Wyoming almost every year and this year included. You know, I haven't seen anything from Wyoming at two and three to suggest that that they're ready to, to even keep it close with Boise. Uh, so I am taking the Broncos to win and cover 11.5. I'm going back to the well for the third time this season. Our own Sam Cooper pointed this out in the betting primer, which you can check out on the website. The under is 16 and four in the last 20 service academy games. Give me the under at 40 and a half for the Army Navy game this weekend. I am sticking with the buff bus. Colorado is giving just one and a half against one and two Utah. I don't I don't get it. Colorado's playing well. Other than that, I will be drinking throughout the game if I need to. I'll be on standby. <laughs> Go buffs. I'm going to take Virginia at Virginia Tech. Virginia's getting two and a half points. Uh, I just think it's, uh, you know, two teams and in, in, in going in a, in a little bit different directions right now. Uh, Virginia was really impressive in annihilating Boston College last weekend. They're locked in and engaged. And, and Virginia Tech right now just uh, does not appear to be that engaged. I believe they've lost uh, four games in a row. And uh, I have no reason to think why they would why they would win right now. All right. There you go. Race for the case. Big drama. We will be back on Sunday night, Monday, for the overreaction show. Just remember, this is college football. It's better to not play. None of the results matter. And uh, who cares? We already got it all figured out. So just playing. No, we'll have plenty. Sure, there'll be plenty of mayhem this weekend, and half the games we just pick will get canceled. So uh, we will talk to you on uh, Sunday, Monday. Thank you for sharing us on social media subscribing, leaving us nice reviews and telling your friends about us. The uh, listenership has been way up all season and continues to get up. So that means there's more and more smart people in America that have come around to uh, college football and chicken wars. Talk to you later. Look around. You can find cars like these on auto trader, new cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay. No flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on auto trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.